Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to get started. But before we do, I want to make sure you know about something incredible about to happen, which is Sales Girl Summit. This is our very first conference. It's happening on June 12th through the 14th. Now, we've done plenty of in-person like trainings and workshops and kind of larger scale events, but this right here, my loves, this is our conference. And I'm so excited to announce some next level speakers. We're going to announce that in just a couple of weeks. But you know, being a sales girl, it has nothing to do with the item that you sell, the service that you sell, the product that you sell, the off it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with being the girl that people want to buy from, that people want to say yes to before they even know the offer. It's about being the girl that is completely like world-class and has complete ownership over her industry because of how much command she has over her message. I'll tell you what, I'm starting to believe it's not even the person who is really the best at what they do, but it's the person that's best at communicating at what they do, who ends up winning and who ends up being known as the girl to go to for blank, fill in the blank for whatever you do. And, you know, our mission is to really create world-class sales girls that can walk into a room and have in, insane command over their message, over their beliefs, and just be so irresistibly charismatic that people um, are just so drawn to them. And if that sounds like something you desire to become, the Sales Girl Summit is for you. So June 12th through the 14th at the Face Center, I've got a sneaky little hunch that once we announce our speakers, the event is going to sell much quicker um, than what most people are probably anticipating. So um, I cannot recommend enough for you to grab your tickets. I've, I've heard a few people saying that they're going to get their Airbnbs with all their sales girlfriends. And I think that is so incredibly fun, um, but they don't have their tickets yet. So I cannot recommend, like I said, enough to grab your seat. Um, hopefully there's some platinum seats left. There will probably be some VIP and then definitely, definitely general admission. Uh, so we'll link it all in the show notes below. And I cannot wait to see you there. We're going to have so much fun and do our sales girl thing. We have so many surprises for you. Ah! All right, let's go. I'll see you there in June. Enjoy the show. Hello, Lloyd Day here again. Today, I want to talk about risk and leverage and tolerance around that. But before we talk about that, I want to give you just a quick principle of life to talk about. And that is one of acting out of character. Do we sometimes act out of character? I know I do. I'm kind of an emotional person. I wear my emotions on my sleeve a little bit. I uh, get real excited, both good and bad, and uh, sometimes act out of character. And I think we need to remember two or three things around that because I'm sure we all do it. And one thing is always remember to stand for something good. Your basic stance, the things that you believe in, needs to be something good, noble. Uh, we need to be trying to move in that direction or keep ourselves solid in that direction at all times. And another thing would be to see everyone as important because if we do get excited, it's, it's usually someone who is in the way. And we put things more important than people. I was listening to the Dave Ramsey uh, podcast recently and that's where I got these ideas so give Dave some some credit for some of the work that he's doing out there 
but he mentioned that um, this is on the Lewis House podcast. He was interviewed, and he mentioned that uh, people are more important than things, and that is a great statement. People are more important than things, and if sometimes we get out of character, it could be because we're more focused on things than the people that were damaging in the process of how we're acting. And the third thing around this would be recognize the spirit of truth. I was having lunch with a gentleman yesterday, and he said, he said, I think people can just recognize the good spirit. They can just see it. They see it in people. And we need to carry that in us, and we also want to try to recognize it. So uh, stand for something good. See people as more important than things, and recognize the spirit of truth. Recognize the good, the truth. So just a little things that I'm coming up with and some of the work or the studies that I'm doing, I'm, I'm taking notes around what am I learning from that, and I'm just trying to share that with you. Um, but the main thing we're talking about today is risk. This also came from, from Dave Ramsey. He's talking about never, ever, ever, ever borrow money. And I love all of his things. As a matter of fact, many of my core values came from listening to him and his, one of his podcasts. It may, may, have, may not have been him, but it was on the Dave Ramsey podcast. They were talking about core values, core values. And that gave me the idea that I need some core values. I need some guiding principles. And I took that idea and I made them for my business years ago. I mean, probably 15 years ago or maybe 20 years ago. And those core values and guiding principles still stand today. And I look back at them and I would not change a word in them. They're so good, in my opinion. And when Charlie uh, took over, my son-in-law took over the business, he looked at him and he said, man, those are good. But the point is, I got that idea from Dave Ramsey. But the idea of never borrowing money does bother me a little bit. I don't necessarily agree with that. And I'm going to share with you things about risk and leverage and some ideas why maybe borrowing at the right time is a way to leverage yourself. And the reason he said to never borrow money, of course, his story is he leveraged himself 100%. He was borrowing, he was buying houses with no money down. So he was completely leveraged. There was no cushion in there. There was no down payment, no way to make the payments unless rent came in. That's over leveraged. And that's why he found himself, and that's why he went bankrupt. And then his message was never borrow money. But without the leverage, you could get in, you could miss some opportunities as well. So the first point here is that he's making is your income is your most valuable asset. And he's right. 100% right. Your income is your most valuable asset. And if you borrow money, he says, that you're just diminishing your most valuable asset because now you have to pay that back. And he's right. Especially if you're borrowing money for credit cards, for clothes, for TVs, for cars, for things that, that depreciate in value after you buy them. It's a huge hindrance to your greatest asset, which is your income. Because there's no really value that you just bought there, but you're having to pay for it and you can't use your income in other areas. So the point is, if, you, if you're making an income and that's your life and you run out and start borrowing money, 
then you've just reduced your value because now you've got to pay all that back. And I discovered this. This was something that I figured out on my own before anyone ever told me to be careful with debt, be careful with credit cards. No one ever told me that. When we first got married, Linda and I, we've been married 40-something years, 43 years or so. I had never seen a credit card ever. And and she had a credit card. And I was the person that was going to pay the bills. I That was something I wanted to do. I wanted to watch the finances. I was paying the bills. I got that first credit card bill. And it had the bill was whatever, two or $300, $100, 150 I don't know. But the minimum payment <coughs> was $20. Like, this is cool. You only had to pay $20. Then I started looking at that 22% interest. And I saw a pair of jeans, a pair of clothing on there. And it did not take me very long at all to calculate if I paid the minimum payment, how many times I would pay for those jeans before they were paid for. I would at least pay for those jeans twice, maybe three times before they were actually paid for if I kept making the minimum payment. And I thought if you just let this build up and up and up, it it would just destroy me. I knew it would. So from that point forward, all credit cards were paid immediately. There was never any interest on credit cards or fees. That's a pet peeve of mine, no interest or fees on credit cards. I like to use credit cards because it gives you a way to, you know, not take the, the merchandise or send it back or dispute the charge or something versus a debit card or cash. But a credit card is a great way to work through life as long as you pay them every month and you do not carry the loan. So when he's talking about never borrowing money, that would be an issue like a time to never borrow that money. And the same thing with the car, a nice car, a nice TV. I knew someone who early in life put a big TV on a credit card because they wanted the TV. And that is a it's just a death sentence as far as your finances goes. You cannot borrow money like that. I completely agree. But if your income is your most valuable asset, well, what's the one thing you can do to increase your value? That's to increase your income. Increase your income is the name of the game if you want to have more things. At first, I tried to really hold those expenses, just hold them down, try to live like a hermit. And that was not working out too well. You know, the people in my life wanted to live a little bit bigger than I wanted to. I was really prepared to live like a hermit. That's what I grew up as. And it didn't take me long to figure out, well, my best bet here is to increase income because I can't hold the expenses down the way I thought I could, but I can increase my income. And that's where you make the happen. That's where guide culture comes in. We help you to figure out how to increase your income practice on it, be with other people who are trying to increase their income, and selling something, either yourself or if you're in a corporation, the, the value of sales happens everywhere. And if you have your own business, it really is a big thing, the value of sales. So part of increasing your income is to replace yourself every five years. Replace yourself every five years. You're continuing to learn, to grow, to develop, and grow into the next level at all times. And you're hiring people. That's part of leveraging yourself is hiring people to leverage what you can do. 
hire junior people, people that haven't done what you're doing or maybe not necessarily has the same vision or have a different talent. But that's the way you increase your, you uh, improve your net asset is to increase your income by replacing yourself every five years. But along the way, there might be a time to borrow some money for some things. In this same lunch that I was having yesterday, the gentleman was about my age. I'm 65. He was 69. And I was talking about how I need to find something to do with myself because no one needs me anymore. But the businesses are still producing. They've just learned to do it without me. They can do it better than me. I'm not needed. But I built a business that is an asset that continues revenue. He His business was built on being a one-man show. And the one thing he said, he said, I should have taken more risk. I should have taken more risk when I was younger so I could build the business. And that sometimes re- requires borrowing. But when you do borrow, I think there's a, a mindset, a mentality around it that's very important. And one is that you, you make sure that you're way under-leveraged. You make sure you have a lot more assets than what you're borrowing. You borrow a small amount compared to your total assets. That's completely opposite from what Dave did because he leveraged himself 100%, at least the story I heard when he said he went bankrupt. But if you're under-leveraged, then that's a different situation. It might be a time to borrow some money so that you can grow a little quicker. When I started my business, I had a really strong belief, the insurance agency, I had a strong belief that I could do this. I saw everything lined up. It looked pretty good. I knew that I needed to take the risk. And I was borrowing money to fund starting up that business. But I was borrowing it low enough so that I could cover it. I could get back and get it covered. And sometimes, really, it took me till the I got my tax return to, to, to cover it. But I took that risk. But I did so because I felt like I could sell my way out of it. It was a sales game. It was I was in a position. I had the product. had everything lined up, working, ready. I could go sell. I was willing to take that risk to go quicker. And I did. And it, and it worked because I was able to grow quicker by taking the risk. So you don't, you don't borrow on hope. You borrow on knowledge that you really think you can pull this off and pay it off pretty quickly. You don't want to drag a, a loan like that out very long at all, like a credit card. If you borrow for something quick, you need to pay it back quick. It needs to be kind of a short-term kind of a situation. Because remember, if, if you start, now you do live your life on hope. You see your dream, your hope, your long-term. You have a hope that you can do it. But the short-term, the loans, the operations, the things that you you see that you can do, that's not based on hope. You never borrow money in hopes that you're going to generate the in- income to pay for it. If the income is moving, if everything's moving, it looks like I can cover this and I can pay it back fairly quickly, this makes sense. But you don't borrow in hope of generating the income. The income should already be there. It should be low enough leverage so that you can get out of it if there's a problem. Because when you do borrow the money, there is an obligation. And for me, when I borrow money, the obligation is front and center. I pay very close attention to that loan until it's paid off, and I aggressively pay toward it. 
It's delayed gratification. Nothing comes until I get that loan under control. Uh, an example would be uh, Alex, my daughter, that went to graduate school to become a PA, physician's assistant. Now, that graduate school, uh, we, we, got through, we got through undergraduate without any loans. We got it covered. And um, then when she went to graduate school and we looked at how much those physician's assistants made, I said, okay, that's enough income to justify spending this money for this school. She had a track record of finishing her thing. She had a track record of being successful, had a big, strong resume to support her ability to do this. And it was going to be a good bit of money. And so we did it. I went with it with her. We did student loans. I agreed to it. But I wanted to help her pay it back or at least make sure she got it paid back before I sent her off into the world. And as soon as she got finished her degree and got out and got her job, she lived <clears throat> just like she was still in the dorm at college until that loan was paid off. Nothing happened until the loan was covered. Because those student loans are like 7%, outrageous interest. You have to be very aggressive on paying that off. But that was a calculated risk by borrowing money, leveraging, because we saw the opportunity. So there are times when you can take the calculated risk. You just want to make sure that you pay close attention to do I have enough revenue going? Can I cover this from somewhere? Is it a leverage or is it a deleverage? Am I, am I buying something here that's losing value or is it gaining value? Can I do something with this? Can I move quicker by borrowing this money right here? And then the other part is you shop the loan. Uh, it's amazing that if you go around and start shopping loans, you can make a lot of money or save a lot of money just by shopping loans. Those interest rates cost a lot of money, and if you can trim off just a small amount, it's a lot of money over the long haul. When I was buying my building, my commercial building that, I, that we have, an office building, I had three banks that I was working against, each other for this. And when the other bank found out, when they started finding out that they had competition, they started changing the terms of the loan. And all of a sudden, they started giving me better deals just because they knew they had competition. And I did that loan because I had a choice to either sink more money into the business or buy an asset that would be there forever. And I felt like it was time to quit sinking so much money into the business and get an asset. So I felt like I covered it. It made sense. It was a better deal than paying rent. So in that case, it was picking up a decent asset, but I had to borrow money. I was told one time by my father-in-law, you make more money by shopping your loan than you do by selling or buying something. And he's right. If you buy, any, if you go borrow money from anywhere, shop the loan because it is significant when you start watching those things. So if you do need to leverage, make sure you get a good deal on the loan. Pay it off as quickly as possible. Make sure it's not a hope I can pay it off, but I can see it. I've got the revenue. I've got the operations going. This is strictly an opportunity to leverage myself a little quicker, but it's not over-leveraging to the point that I can get in trouble with this. Now, anything can happen. Anyone can. But at the same time, sometimes you need to leverage. And that includes hiring people, maybe borrowing some money. I, yeah, I borrowed money to hire people in my business as well because I needed more time to sell. And increasing your ability to earn income. 
And then as you increase your ability to earn income, you may leverage yourself a little bit to accelerate something else somewhere down the, low, uh, down the road. So they kind of go together. You just have to be kind of smart with it. But the idea of never borrowing money, I have a hard time with that. I think there's some opportunities that you may pass up as long as you do it very carefully. So I hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time.